You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. Hello, storytellers, and welcome to the eighth episode on how to tell a story. And it is also episode 163 of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. Today's subject is huge because this element in your storytelling could be the biggest game changer for you once you get it and you begin to apply it. Let's begin with a question. How do you feel when someone tells you what to do? I don't know about you, but I don't like the way it makes me feel, and I usually respond by not doing what they're telling me to do. No one likes to be bossed around. On the other hand, how does it feel when you legitimately get excited about something, and then you make the decision that that something is for you? You pursue it, you buy it, you bring it into your life. Of course, that feels much better. And this element of storytelling is called show, don't tell. It's the difference between lecturing to people, trying to convince people, bombarding them with ideas, or showing them by demonstrating exactly what the product, the service, the cause, whatever it is you're talking about, will do for them. Because when you demonstrate it and they feel it, then they make a choice on their own to say yes or to say no. I learned a wonderful thing from a very successful network marketer about convincing people He says, a person convinced against her will is of the same opinion still. So, let's make this specific for you. I'm going to begin by talking about movies, where when they demonstrate, when they show you something, you're going to be fully engaged in it. But when they talk to you and they bombard you with words about something, the tendency is that you won't be as interested. In fact, your mind might drift away. When novels are turned into moving pictures, into films, they sometimes fail. And they usually fail when the filmmaker tries to be absolutely faithful to the to the novel basically telling the story the here's the, here's the difficulty with that when it's a novel you 
must read the words on the page, and the words are going to ask your imagination to picture and and feel what the author is talking about. But film, and it's it's there's a reason it's called moving pictures. They're images that move on a screen and they're action oriented. And when you just put language on a screen and you talk to people, like let's say a long narration, it's static. There is no movement. It's a misuse of that medium and it can be very, very boring. A great example for you to to study, you'll get this immediately when you watch it, is the opening of Sergio Leone Spaghetti Western, The Good, Bad, and the Ugly. The beauty of that opening is that the story is completely told through pictures and actions. When you watch it, I've said this before, it's worth repeating, when you watch it, have a stopwatch with you, and and time when the first word is spoken. I think you'll be very surprised that you've been following the story in silence. Well, not total silence because you hear sounds, but you don't hear words. They're showing you. They're not telling you. Another example, it's probably a movie you haven't seen because it's not a, a Hollywood film or a blockbuster, It's a brilliant film from Spain called The Spirit of the Beehive. It's absolutely haunting. It's about a family and specifically two children in that family. And it explores the fragile imaginations of children and what happens if something disturbing strikes that child's imagination, what can happen to that kid's emotions, to that kid's well-being. One of the things that this movie does so well is it really demonstrates how the people in this family, the two daughters and the husband and wife, are not really connected that strongly. The two girls are connected, but the husband and wife live in their own worlds. So, the movie could tell you that, and it could, you could have a narration telling you that these people are really, you know, even though they live together, they're really apart, they're alone, they they have a sense of longing and loneliness. But the filmmaker doesn't do that. He demonstrates it in brilliant scenes, many of them without any dialogue at all, where you see, for instance, there's a scene where the wife goes to the town because they live away from uh, the town. They live in, in um, in a rural area in the country. They don't have many people near them. And she has to make a trip to the town to mail a letter. And when she goes there, she mails the letter and she's near a train station. 
The train is about to pull away from the station. She looks up and she sees a young soldier, a handsome young soldier just sitting there. And their eyes connect for a moment. And then the train slowly begins to leave. She stays fixed on the train as it leaves and then disappears in the distance. And that moment, without any dialogue, drives home her longing for connection, for love, and her lack of it. Powerful stuff. It's demonstrated, it's shown, it's not told. And one of the great films of the 20th century remains The Godfather, which opened in 1971. And it's still relevant today. It's still enjoyed today. The opening of that film, that one scene, establishes the character of Don Corleone, the head of a a huge crime family, played brilliantly, of course, by Marlon Brando. It doesn't tell you about him. It shows you his actions, his environment, what he does on his daughter's wedding day before he actually attends the wedding. He's in his office. He's surrounded by his consigliere and several other uh, members of his uh, organization, and he's granting favors to people because it's a ritual that he does on that day. Apparently, this is just, it's fiction, but the fiction of the story is that that's what a mafia don does on his daughter's wedding day. He grants favors to people it's a, it's an act of generosity and of, of gratitude. But the entire thing is through a series of actions where we see the Don sitting behind his desk. It's like a king on his throne. And then we see the supplicant. We see uh, an older gentleman who is an undertaker who is very, very humble and respectful. And he's tentatively asking the Don to, well, he's asking him basically to kill these young thugs who brutally beat up his daughter and tried to rape her. And the scene, through the actions, establishes the world of the story, the world of that character. We don't have a narration saying Don Corleone was a very powerful man who, you know, began as an immigrant and then worked his way up and became um, the the leader of a crime family, blah, 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 blah. No, we see it happening, and that's how we're engaged. Okay, so how does this all apply to you if you are attempting to tell product and service stories to build your business. Okay, let's take it out of the world of movies and into the world of business and selling. You probably have seen a 
knife demonstration, kitchen knives. You may have seen them on TV, and you may have also seen them in a department store where an individual is showing you exactly what his or her miracle knives can do. And it's that demonstration that will either get you excited enough to say, wow, I've got to have those knives. But it's not a salesperson with a pitch talking about the knives. It's a person physically demonstrating. They're showing you. They're not telling you. Let's say you're selling a weight loss product. And this is very real. It happens all the time. It happens in network marketing where, um, let's say, a person is selling a weight loss shake and they know a lot about the product. They know all the ingredients, what kind of protein is in it, etc. And they meet a prospect who could use these products, but they lose the prospect by telling them gushing about all of these details. You know, this has undenatured whey protein from New Zealand, blah, 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 blah. You see, the thing is that when that person wakes up in the morning, if they have a weight issue, they're not going, let's see. Oh my God, I don't feel great. What would make a difference in my life? I know. If only I had an undenatured whey protein shake. No. Of course not. The person is saying, I wish I had more energy. I wish I didn't feel exhausted at 11 o'clock in the morning. I wish I didn't hate the way I, I feel when I look in the mirror. So, you can either tell a story or you can make a video that tells a story. For instance, like this. Imagine a man who is uncomfortably overweight. He's in his home, and he's going up a flight of stairs, but he's not doing it energetically. He's holding on to the banister, and he's kind of laboriously trudging up one step at a time slowly. He may even stop at some point, and, you know, he gasps for air just to, because he's running out of breath, just simply climbing stairs. And then we see his son coming down the stairs and his son looks sadly at his dad and he stops. He looks at his father, may even take him by the hand and he might say, dad, I've got to tell you something. I'm really worried about you. And his father says, why? Your weight is dangerous to your health. And you know, I sometimes worry that you might not be here to see your grandchildren and his son leaves, and we see the father with a tear in his eye. And then we cut to a scene two months later. We see that they're outside. It's a sunny day. They're in the park, father and son together, and the father looks good. He's obviously lost a lot of weight. And both son and father are smiling, and they're playing a game of catch together. That demonstration, that tells a story. Now, if an individual is looking at that, in fact, I met an individual and that was his story, that he decided to lose 
more than 200 pounds because his son came to him one day and said, Dad, I'm worried that you may not be around to see my children when I get married soon. Your grandchildren will not know their grandfather. These demonstrations, these stories that show and don't tell, they touch people's emotions. And when you do that, people who need what you have will make a choice enthusiastically to buy it. But when you tell them, even if what you're telling them is great and you're bombarding them with just data, scientific data, you're not you're, you're very often you will lose them. And do you want to lose them or do you want to gain them as customers and clients for life? Obviously, that's a rhetorical question. To summarize this for you, how you can start practicing this in your storytelling, do it in these three steps. Start with your idea, which only speaks to the head, an idea that you can only express in words may not have a, uh, at this stage your idea doesn't have pictures attached to it and then th- think about how you can demonstrate that with an action remember the movie example i can talk to you about the woman's loneliness or i can demonstrate it by showing her experiencing a lonely moment then take all of the words that you're using to express the idea and transform them or translate them into pictures. What pictures can tell this story so that now you're not just talking to the head, but you're talking to the heart? What pictures can make... Your picture stories should make people, as I said before, in vivid storytelling, should make them see, hear, taste, smell, and feel what you're talking about. And the guiding principle in your storytelling is that you're always going to begin by demonstrating or showing an undesirable or an undesired before state. And your story is going to take the audience on a journey to a desired after state. That journey is the one that will make the difference and will trigger emotions in people that will make them say yes enthusiastically to what you're offering. And chances are that they'll, if you deliver on your promise with your product or service, that they'll remain customers and clients for life. They'll recommend other people to you and you will have impacted someone's life. You will have helped them change, transform, and grow. And there is no greater contribution than that. So look at your storytelling and figure out, practice how you can take it from telling to showing. Always begin any transformation by asking, how can I change my story 
and change my life. And in this case, you'll be asking, how can I change my story to change my story? Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.